Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, it's Tuesday, October 4th. I am Jack Riggins, jack of all trades, master of none. Johnny Cat, well, I'm the host of the show. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. Um, it is sunny nine, but feels like 70. And the weather.com app uh, shows the uh, cloud with a little rain. I, I, I don't know if there's rain out there. There wasn't rain when I came in. I didn't notice rain all day, but definitely like cloudy like it could rain. Did you just say it's sunny 9 and feels like 70? Uh, no, I thought I said it's sunny 79 and feels okay. like 80. Oh, okay. But, My Johnny, that was that, that was off. like 35 seconds ago, so I honestly have no clue in, in the blackout state that I conduct the show what I may or may not have said. <laughs> Tomatoes, potatoes. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, good show today. We're going to have uh, a very, very um, well-respected free market economic consultant and president of knowledge and decision Economic consulting, Michael Austin, who has been on national level um, commissions uh, talking about economics, if not other things, COVID, different policies. And he's going to talk about the impacts if Nebraskans go ahead and raise minimum wage. If you didn't know, uh, minimum wage um, is on the ballot through an initiative and and so just to educate everybody, if if we're not quite tracking that, I think voter ID uh, people know is on the ballot. So if you want ID to vote, if you feel like that is a piece of securing election integrity, I do personally. I think it's easy. I think it's common sense. And it's very affordable for this state. Most polling says on voter ID, it's 85% support. So that should pass. but. You got to go out and vote, people. Now, the other one, part of a petition, is raising the minimum wage. And so here is the statement right from the draft. The object of this petition is to amend Nebraska's minimum wage law to increase the state's minimum wage from $9 per hour to $10.50 per hour on January 1st, 2023, $12 per hour on January 2024, $13.50. By January 2025 and $15 per hour by January 1st, 2026 to be adjusted annually thereafter to account for increases in the cost of living or if we want to say inflation. Right. So, you know, got inflation generally happens yearly and and then you also have cost of living. I guess inflation could go down, but uh, always seems on the long scale that things get more expensive. So, um, you know, a while back, I did some rough numbers on that because um, I always go to the most simplistic form of trying to understand minimum wage or it, really any problem that I'm trying to bring to you, the listening audience. And, and so I go back to, okay, when I'm just starting out in the workplace and I do some numbers on things. And I think what's interesting right now is obviously we're in a very, very high inflation timeline or uh, timeline time period um, due to the Biden administration. And so, you know, 
running the numbers from what I can find data-wise, say, through the late 70s, 80s, you know, when I was young and starting out up until, okay, comparative, you know, it's not necessarily perfect because we're in super high inflation. But having said that, I mean, I'm minimum wage has gone up over the years. And one of the things that I would always question is, to me, right, minimum wage is something that is exactly that. It is like starter salary. And as a free American, you should not aspire to be at minimum wage for very long in your life. Now, we all have different circumstances. I understand that. But for the most part, when I think about minimum wage, that's from starter job as a young person, maybe through secondary education or beginning trades. Although I think if you actually learn to trade, you're going to bump right up anyway. So I have an interesting take in my life of thinking about achievement and using your freedom if you are not able to move through the wickets of the needle if in fact you want higher pay to go out there and earn the skills and the education to quote unquote climb the ladder and so what i'm trying to say is you shouldn't be 30 years old and stuck on minimum wage on your 15th year of minimum wage with four kids that's some bad decision making in that realm. Nonetheless, um, it did get the required uh, signatures, and so it's going to be on the ballot. And I think it's an interesting uh, dynamic, and I'm not exactly sure which way I'm going to go on it, but I'm very excited in second segment to hear uh, Michael Austin uh, talk about it again. He's a free market econ- uh, economic consultant, president of Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting. He spent his entire life uh, educating and fighting for pro-family, pro-freedom, public policy. Um, So, you know, it's the best I can get. I mean, he's a national-level speaker, um, national-level consultant, um, you know, been in the Wall Street Journal, been on several national media outlets. So I'm not going to find anybody much better than Michael Austin to kind of talk about the impacts um, here in Nebraska, if we uh, raise minimum wage from nine to essentially fifteen by twenty twenty six. So again, second segment. The other interesting thing, um, Kathy on the text line brought this up mid afternoon when I came in, and honestly, you you would think I would know, but she said she learned uh, that there was a debate of Pat Conan and. Adam Moorfeld at 5 p.m. this Thursday. I can't confirm that. I've been trying, Kathy. Um, texters, if, you, if you've if you got that confirmed somewhere, you know, digitally or whatever, send it to me. I'd like to confirm that for people. But um, Kathy says it's at the Center for People in Need, uh, 5 p.m. this Thursday. I'm just not aware of it. Um, and she was asking if people have been advertising about these debates, and and she hadn't heard much about the flood Pansy Brooks debates until the paper after it was over. And I don't know what to say about that. I mean, going back to the governor's primary and now the governor's race, debating has been kind of a hot topic around the state with most Nebraskans that I talked to saying, yeah, they'd like to see their candidates debate. Um, 
you know, pro or con, just they think it's important that future public officials get out and think on their feet and are able to, you know, talk through and articulate their stances on things. And so I kind of have to agree with Kathy, and I felt, and I still feel off-center on the Pat Condon one because it's right here in my backyard and I've covered it. Um, But it doesn't seem like they've been covered, meaning the flood, Pansy and Brooks. Yeah, some outlets covered it. Um, And yeah, we know that there was debate amongst the camps until the TV rights got the the right audience and all of that. But yeah, not as much coverage as I would have thought it would get for the flood and Pansy and Brooks, both before and letting people know. And hey, I raised my hand. I'm liable on that one as well. Um, and then I, I literally spent 30 minutes, and I, maybe that has to do with my Google skills, not very good. I can't confirm that. But Kathy, I appreciate that text. And I do. I, I, I think that, you know, don't feel weird because in a weird year or two years of politics, something that most of us have been talking about and wanting to see uh, across candidates from governor down to uh, Congress, down to, you know, in this case, county attorney. Um, I, I can't explain why it's not running at the top of like, hey, here's what happened. Here's what they said, blah, 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 blah. So we'll try to cover it um, when it happens, and I'll try to confirm that. But I could tell you right now, busy on the Googleator and the radio, um, probably not going to be able to confirm it so all right it is also twitter tuesday and uh scott i know you sent one in i've already picked one but i'm gonna try to i've picked one (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, well that's a good one uh Scott, I'm going to give you a runner-up because you did the effort to send one in, which I always appreciate. And usually Mo is on top of it, uh, listener Mo. Uh, (laughs) But we've got Joe Biden in those aviator sunglasses uh, (laughs) in his Stingray Corvette in the picturesque, I don't know, mountains of Scranton, Scranton, PA. (laughs) <laughs> is it M.A.? I don't know. Get in, folks. We're building a better America. JoeBiden.com. Uh, that is funny. Well, we're definitely building more of an illegal America with illegal immigrants coming across the border in record waves. Uh, we've added about 5 million new people over the last two years. 2 million some this year. We're not done yet. Um, those are all-time highs. I'm in a little Twitter spit spat myself with somebody, not spit spat, we're having a good conversation about policies and stuff. And I will say this again. Um, we, doesn't matter who's in power, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Libertarians, uh, Bernie Sanders, I mean, I don't even know what party he's from. We have to do immigration reform quickly, seriously, and make the system efficient. And modernize it. To not do that in a country that historically is a land of immigrants is not fair to the citizens of America. And it's not fair to the humanitarian crisis that it causes for migrants that are trying to come here. Okay, we botched it in Afghanistan for people we fought with. People that saved American and coalition lives and just what we botched that whole thing. 
right? We've botched, you know, even if Joe Biden is saying, hey, please, you know, come to America. My administration's going to help. That's okay. The president has the right to get up like Joe Biden has said and kind of put out the words so mass amounts of people go, hey, you know, the administration's more open to it than the last administration. So there's a run on the bank, so to speak. But you still got to have the policies and you got to have the infrastructure to deal with it. And that's what's not happening. And it doesn't just end because we build a wall. I'm in favor of building a wall, right? Because that creates a barrier. I'm in favor of Border Patrol and everybody having the manning, the facilities to handle the flow in a lawful, humane way. Those can be done at the drop of the hat with the money we dole out by any president. But nobody has taken on serious immigration reform across the board. And so until we do that, of course, when there's a president who's going to kind of put out to the world that we're open for business, there's going to be a run on the border. And when a president says, hey, we're going to kind of slow it down, lock it down, you know, and send people back, well, people are going to try and then they're going to back off. But none of that solves a long-term problem, right? We are a land of immigrants. Our diversity is one of our strengths. The problem, as I always like to say, identify the problem, and then from the problem, we begin to work together across the aisles with our diversity to figure out the solution. As best as I can identify, the problem there is we haven't modernized and made our immigration laws efficient and updated. And I don't know why. That's To me, that's what elected officials are supposed to be doing, not just the administration. All right, tweet of the day. Um, you almost got me there, Scott, with the Joe Biden one. <laughs> and yes, your quote of, I don't trust him with anything, <laughs> especially driving. Yeah, I don't, I'm sure Joe Biden hasn't driven a car in a decade, probably. There's, there's no way. I mean, he can't even drive a, ride a bike. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? Again, we're going to have Michael Austin on. Uh, talking about the impacts of minimum wage if it gets approved on the ballot this year. Um, second segment. But tweet of the day is going to Nebraska offensive coordinator Mark Whipple. I didn't get a chance to ask Mitch Sherman this yesterday. I wanted to um, because there was a kerfuffle about Mark Whipple kind of getting up Casey Thompson's butt about, uh, you know, taking a sack on third down, which then, you know, led to them pulling him out, and then, you know, an unfortunate series of events (laughs) led to the backup quarterback and having a bad series of three plays. It didn't cost him the game, okay? And I got no problem with it. As a matter of fact, I'm glad to finally see accountability real-time, right? Learning lessons real-time by Mark Whipple. So anyway, Mark Whipple gets the drive-time Lincoln tweet of the day. He basically said in reference... When I walk around being a nice guy, it just doesn't work as well as when I am a, we'll just say butt, when I'm a butt. When I walk around being a nice guy, it just doesn't work as well as when I am a butt. (laughs) Well, thank you, offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, 
for reaffirming that in society and sport, discipline, accountability, and responsibility for your actions are an important dynamic in competitive endeavors, especially with young macho men. And sometimes, and I totally believe in love and accountability, but loving somebody or loving a person that you're mentoring doesn't mean that you're not hard on them sometimes. And yes, I teach and I believe in individual tool sets to deal with individuals because they're all very different, right? The old adage is some people need a pat on the back, some people need a kick in the butt. Yeah, those, those are just tools to help somebody achieve what their potential is or to teach them a lesson real time. And football, damn near, other than any sport, provides a lesson every play. So good on you for being you, Mark Whipple, and trying to get the Cornhuskers into a winning mindset. All right, we'll come back. KLIN, 1400 AM, 99.3 FM. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, a uh, little two-minute segment here. Tuesday, October 4th, I am the host, Jack Riggins, Johnny Cadillac's producing. We're going uh, <clears throat> to have Michael Austin on here, second segment, uh, talking about uh, the dangers of raising the minimum wage. Um, which is up for a petition vote in the, you know, the petition's gone through, so it's up for vote of the people um, in the November ballot. I'm um, really looking forward to that. He's a nationally renowned uh, free market economic consultant, so we'll get to that. Uh, appreciate uh, Maureen Double L at Moby Gons, if I got it all right, on Twitter. Appreciate her listening and confirming. I don't think it's a debate by Pat Condon and Adam Moorfield, but have confirmed they have a candidate forum. Again, this is the county attorney race here in Lancaster County. Thursday, October 6th at 5 p.m., Center for People in Need, 3901 North 27th Street, door number three. Marine, really appreciate that. Um, really do, because I, I couldn't confirm it, and I had some texters on the Rick Sign recognition uh, text line um, that were asking. And so really appreciate that via Twitter for hooking us up. It is the people's platform, so I like when the people ha- help out, and I also like when uh, everybody participates. Um, speaking of participation, tomorrow we will have a full whatever Wednesday, and I am going to give you an advance on it, unless you know we have nuclear war or something due to the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Um, I, wa- I want to try to talk about all things Lincoln. We've kind of got a proposed budget out there. We've got the mayor's state of the city. You know I've got some issues with things discussed in there, as the mayor is great at wordsmithing and kind of showing some facts, but not showing all the facts. And... Oh, you know, probably talk about the county attorney's race as well. So whatever Wednesday, tomorrow, we're back with Michael Austin, 1499.3. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, before we get to Michael Austin, I, I want to, uh, again, give a shout out to Marine Double L on Twitter, at Moby Gons, for uh, confirming the candidate forum uh, of Pat Condon and Adam Moorfield at the Center for People in Need this Thursday at 5 p.m. So go out there. Get to meet both Pat Condon and Adam Moorfield, the candidates for Lancaster County Attorney. Ask questions and learn more about them. Eh, great event. Um, all spurred on by Kathy on the Rick Stein Recognition text line, who was asking me about it, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I got backed up by one of our other citizens. That's why diversity and, and the, it's the platform of the people is a strong thing. Um, so I appreciate that. And uh, I've got some other stuff. Jeff, I am tracking your text as well. I'll get to those. Uh, whatever Wednesday, tomorrow, folks, um, be all things Lincoln. Be talking about the county attorney race, you know, experience versus I don't know what Adam Moorfeld is necessarily doing. I've got to read up on his page and look at his platform. He's always invited to come on the show. Pat Condon's been in the job. Um, you know I got issues with the state of the city and some of the wording in there, not giving us the full picture. But anyway, big vote coming up in Nebraska on whether or not to raise minimum wage. And I want to welcome Michael Austin, a free market economic consultant and president of Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting. Michael, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, you've done a lot of work both uh, in the state of Kansas and nationally, and you're very uh, well, you know, well read, well educated, and have experience um, in economics. And I appreciate you looking into this Nebraska minimum wage proposal. Well, not a problem at all. Well, just to clear the air here, hiking the minimum wage is helpful to workers, like installing a screen door is helpful to a submarine. You know, it's useless, and it's useless because the real minimum wage is zero. In other words, you know, under a minimum wage, your employer can likely end your job, reduce your wage to zero, all so that they can raise the wages of a few. That's not capitalism. This vote is a woke virtue signal, and it's going to have terrible consequences. Yeah, it's interesting how it's it, it's tried to be justified, right? And you bring up a good point that somebody always pays, right? So employers have budgets and balance sheets and profitability and all of that. And so all this factors in, and nobody talks about those things in a free market system where employers kind of have a vote one way or another, no matter what the minimum wage is. That's right. You know, there's a good quote um, saying that you can't legislate a worker to earn a living wage because it's like legislating a farmer to grow enough crops to feed a town. That's just not how the economy works. And uh, I decided to take a little look at the Nebraska job market and this, you know, raising to the minimum to the $15 minimum wage by 2026, that would put roughly 240,000 jobs at risk of being cut. And most of those jobs will come from sales and food services. So at a time when prices are just 
you know, rising every single month, raising the minimum wage is almost like kicking you when you're down. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I wonder, you know, there were other national stories, but we had a couple here, right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, where, you know, I'm going to call it the young people, you know, said, I'm not getting paid enough, and, you know, they did the big walkout, and they put the, you know, shop is closed down on the sign, and then the press covered it, you know, oh, oh, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's fine, go ahead and walk out, you know, the owner, two days later, had a new staff in there. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I have another story for you. So uh, my first boss, my first job paid me, I think, seven seventy-five an hour. Uh, and back then, I thought I had the most demanding boss ever. He always made me carry heavy inventory from the back. He forced me to engage customers, uh, sent me to different parts of the store if they thought they needed help. I thought he was the worst. Looking back at it today, I don't know if I would even be hired. If uh, they, if my boss had to pay me ten or fifteen dollars, you know, for the skills that I had brought to the table, my lazy butt would be on the street. And that's what's dangerous about a minimum wage law. It's 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 a law that says employers must discriminate against low skilled workers. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Again, we're on with uh, Michael Austin uh, talking uh, the dangers and the rays of the minimum wage here. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I actually went back and looked. I started at three ninety five, right, with really no job skills other than to dig holes and you know take a paintbrush and and do something. And the one thing that one, number one, I didn't feel like I didn't have money and couldn't make my way. But number two, it also instilled in me to learn skills and then achieve and dream for more and more and kind of climb the ladder. And the thing I always worry about is we're not built to just give people everything. Like you have to set goals and use your freedom, earn skills, get education. If in fact, that's what you want. And at some point the system, or as you're saying, you know, capitalism, free market economy, it can't work when you're just constantly paying, because there is a scale that we hopefully want to climb to our satisfaction. No, that's exactly right. And and to your point, you know, getting that first job is way more than just whatever wage you're being paid. You're learning skills. You're learning how to engage in people. You're learning, you know, on-the-job training, something practical. Um, the, the, the benefits are endless. And so when you raise the minimum wage, you're encouraging these employers not to give you know, these first-time uh, first workers a chance. And that's not only robbing them of a wage, but it's also robbing them of the necessary skills to be a productive member of society. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I'm glad you said it, because I talk a lot about being a productive member of society, right? You, you really end up in only three bins. You're a positive to society, you're a neutral, or you're a negative. Two out of the three are bad. Right. Two out of the three are bad. Societies can't handle the neutrals and the negatives too much. But what I was going to say is you're robbing them of a future because there's skills that need to be learned in those jobs where you're starting at that minimum. And frankly, go back to the number. Did you say 240,000 jobs at risk? Yeah, so uh, as you know, that this vote does a little bit of a stair step on the minimum wage. I believe the first jump right. is up to 10. Uh, the second is maybe around 12 or so, but the final is uh, about $15 by 2026. So, you know, I looked at all the occupations in Nebraska and their, uh, you know, hourly rate of pay, and roughly 240,000 jobs would be affected if the, if, the men, if the minimum floor of wages went up to $15 an hour. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks good on paper with the stair step, but the one thing that I think has been interesting, 
and I don't know that everybody's been talking about it, and that's why I appreciate you coming on is, you know, where the business leaders are at across the state and, you know, talking about the real impacts of this, you know, the, the no kidding impacts. Yes, and that's the thing here. The minimum wage is a zero sum. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not the sponsors of this vote, obviously. I, I'm sure that they mean well. But as we all know, the road to heck is paid with good intention. Yeah. And so when you have a minimum wage like this, somebody has to win and somebody must lose. And so I think a very important question to ask is, who are these special interest groups that are standing to benefit by these good intentioned public sponsors and using them as shields? You know, these programs are just harmful because it's always an unholy union between virtue signalers and special interests, and it should be called out. Yeah, and, and you brought up a good point. I mean, I don't think many people attach here in Nebraska the, the minimum wage surge that has happened with wokeism or with other left-leaning organizations and another way to kind of undermine what America is. I don't think they see it and they really need to kind of connect the dots to understand the big picture. Yes, they do. Uh, Especially if you look at history. I mean, the minimum wage has been pushed by progressives for roughly a hundred years. And unfortunately it got its start because, uh, you know, uh, because members of the Klan or, or, or Southern Democrats wanted to price African-Americans or other non-white Protestants out of the job market. Um, and so what you find is, yeah, today, you know, a, a high minimum wage discriminates against, let's say, teenagers. But back then, it was used to discriminate on a racial basis as well. And it was from progressives back then, and now it's being pushed by progressives again today. Yeah, why is it that progressives think that if you can, in any way, shape, or form, find free money? I mean, is there just that many Americans that 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 kind of throw up the the flag and say, you know what, I don't want to earn my freedom, I don't want to use the freedom that has been granted in this great country, and 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 I'll just I'll just take whatever, and it's just easy votes. I mean, why is it that? The progressive always go towards money things, you know, whether it be free health care, free, you know, college tuition, free uh, increased wages. I mean, and then, of course, as you know, we all have to pay for that. Uh, that's right. But you know what? There's also a benefit to them as well, and that is it increases government dependency. You know, whether we're talking about welfare, whether we're talking about unemployment, uh, health and benefits, if, you know, you increase the amount of government dependency for low-income workers, you effectively buy votes. And that's exactly what FDR did. It's what LBJ did. And, of course, it's part of the Democrat agenda today, which is to grow government beyond its means um, and make sure that you know that you can only get prosperity by giving more of your freedom and your resources to some politician. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is the big strategic thing is government dependency. And what is so funny in this country is at least half of us more. I, I would say more, but I'll go with at least half. Understand there's nothing good that comes from government dependency. As a matter of fact, you're taking away the freedom of what our constitutional republic is. Exactly right. And you're also uh, devaluing the value of work. You know, when you when you focus on all these woke policies in, instead of work, um, you know, just take your. Just take the pandemic for an example. Uh, there are states that, you know, implemented lockdowns. They maxed out unemployment benefits. They really tried to, you know, uh, turn the tap in order to encourage more Americans to stay home. And yet, who are the states that are growing faster out of, 
out of uh, out of the pandemic. It's Florida. It's Texas. It's South Dakota. It's states that have not only avoided a lockdown, but did their best after the pandemic was roughly over to encourage people to get back to work. My state, my home state of Kansas, did the exact opposite. And now, of course, we're lagging behind the nation in economic recovery. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm very disappointed in Kansas. Nebraska did a real good job statewide, but I do have to tell you, here in Lincoln, uh, we decided to throw extra mask mandates on uh, as the only county for an extra seven months. And, I mean, these pockets of woke liberal left policies are just killing futures. They're killing uh, the dream of what America can be, and, and they're creating this complete, complete reliance on the government and it's terrible um it 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 really is and when it comes to this minimum wage you know the last last time i checked this country had a civil war because the democrats wanted to place an arbitrary value on someone's labor i mean just just follow history here this is not going to turn out well if you really want to give marginalized nebraskans a chance to work and improve their lives uh you have to you know not raise the minimum wage you have to abolish it get rid of it let's not make it a talking point instead focus on skills and abilities of the people because increasing productivity It's how you really grow wages for everyone, not picking winners and losers with this minimum wage. Yeah, it it makes sense. It makes no sense as as you start to walk it out. You know, I'm not an expert. You're you're in economics. But, you know, a lot of unions base their wages off minimum wage, don't they? And so if, if they increase those, then union dues and even in unions, which are generally left to a degree, it has an impact on them as well. Well, and let's be honest here, unions, uh, you know, argue, of course, for, you know, taking taking the gains from non-union members and, and giving it to themselves. I mean, unions in and of itself um, can be a zero-sum game if it's not very careful. And that's the reason why union participation is now below 10% across the country. You know, workers across this country have realized that, you know, uh, you know, taking a bigger slice of the pie is not the same thing as growing the pie, and they could get a much better deal not being a part of a union and really getting the worker freedom that they deserve. Yeah, great thoughts, Michael Austin. Again, he's free market economic consultant, president of Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting. Um, I, I want to go off topic a little bit because I know you've done a lot in your history. Uh, you've worked as an advisor on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Um, you've t- you've talked about you know COVID nineteen testing, all these things. I, I want to ask you because you brought it up about kind of the Civil War and what people don't really know because we don't know our history which is terrible in america but the future of america with a lot of these issues how do we turn it around great question i think the it, the answer is relatively straightforward whether we have the the, the courage to do it is a, is a completely different question but what we have to do is make those who are pushing these harmful choices with these disastrous consequences, make them face those consequences. You know, when we got rid of, uh, uh, or not rid of, got rid of, when we, uh, you know, fought back against civil rights roughly 50, 60, 70 years ago, part of doing that wasn't just legislation, but it was also, of course, making folks realize that, you know, the cost of pushing their racist policies was expensive. And I think we should do the exact same thing here today. We have folks pushing CRT, pushing uh, 
sexual gender and identity and orientation to our little children, um, and they're facing no real consequences for it. I think that one of the things that we can do is make sure people know that if you're going to push this woke policy, and let's say in our schools as an example, then maybe families should have the freedom to get out and find some place where they can teach academics instead of activism. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that's already played out uh, when um, the 50 uh, illegals were sent to Martha's Vineyard. Yes, that's a great example of it. Right? Uh, I yeah, mean, you dances. just... That's awesome. Right? I mean, that's just like, hey, you know, you're making these decisions, and so here's the reality of it, and then we see what happens, right? Uh-huh, and then, of course, it, it's... Surprise, surprise, you know, they, they, they turn out to be the exact, you know, xenophobic uh, uh, creatures and zealots <laughs> that they accuse, you know, Republicans of. And, and that goes to show that, you know, the, 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 harm, the harm and problems of this country is that people are making decisions and they're not facing the consequences of it. And we have to find ways that they do face that reality, whether that's legislation, whether that's, you know, finding great leaders. But that's how you can, you know, ensure that bad policies don't just permeate and exacerbate like throwing water on a grease fire. Well, Michael Austin, I I appreciate your time. You're talking about accountability and, you know, we the people uh, paying attention and getting involved. And uh, I appreciate your time today on Drive Time Lincoln. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I hope to be back soon. All right. Take care, my man. Wow. Um, You talk about somebody that uh, has the education and experience uh, to back up uh, what he's talking about and and the courage um, to describe it in a way that attaches to real things going on that are sometimes difficult. And I struggle with connecting the dots on woke policies or, you know, extreme left policies. But again, there's real consequences. And in the case of raising the minimum wage here in Nebraska, you know, Michael Austin brings up some good points and I hope all of you will investigate a little bit, you know, um, you know, go look on the Secretary of State's uh, website, see what it is. I, In fairness, the organization behind it is RaiseTheWageNebraska.org, so there you get a lot of the pros for it. Talk to business leaders. If you're a business leader yourself, um, you know, run the numbers and, and, and look of what the impact is going to be, you know, throughout the incremental growth um, certainly there's going to be a lot of people that just see the numbers and go, oh, I get more money? Oh, I'm voting for it. And, you know, a lot of times that's what left-woke organizations are trying to do. They're just trying to get the quick vote, the quick fix, and then it all falls apart. And then somebody's left to deal with it. And who's left to deal with it? That's us. Regular, everyday Americans. All right, KLIN, 1400 AM, 99.3 FM. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, finishing up Tuesday, October 4th. Uh, 74 right now and cloudy, but it feels like 76. So we actually got our show really cool things down. Or did it get warmer, Johnny? Do you remember? It got cooler. Are you sure? Uh, I'm not certain only because <laughs> you, I... You better start the log Because book. I, I thought you said Sunny 9 at the beginning of the show, so... <laughs> so it must have been 79. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to get Johnny an extra... Uh, 
an extra job here. Logbook. <laughs> Weatherman logbook, like on the deck of a Navy ship. Log that. There you go. <laughs> Put that in the log. <laughs> I'll put that right next to the screen door on my submarine. <laughs> oh, no kidding. All right, we had uh, Michael Austin on talking about dangers of raising the minimum wage. Um, look into that, folks. It is on the ballot along with voter ID. Some great thoughts by Michael Austin. Uh, the other thing, it was Twitter Tuesday, still is. Um, offensive coordinator Mark Whipple gets it basically by saying his coaching style. Hey, when I walk around and I'm a nice guy, I don't get as good of results as when I'm a but. He said but. Um, I like it. Sports almost every minute provides a learning opportunity. And I had meant to ask Mitch Sherman because everybody was all fired up that he had pulled the quarterback and, and yelled at the quarterback. Let me tell you, I played quarterback. Quarterbacks need a lot of guidance, and they need a lot of um both love and a lot of straight talk. Let's just say that because it's an important position. All the positions are important, but quarterbacks being silly can get you messed up in a lot of ways, just like crazy ex-seal commanders and get, get you messed up a lot of ways. Um, so I like it. I like it that uh, holding accountable, getting people to work, and we will have whatever Wednesday tomorrow. All right, KLIN, 1400 AM, 99.3 FM.